force is strong with you. A powerful Sith you will become. Henceforth, you shall be known as Darth Vader. Thank you, my master. It's time for a new episode of Video Game Landfill. I'm your host, the Jstrom, and I'm here with my good buddy, Jimmy Good. How's it going, Jimmy? Oh, doing just fine. Thank you so much for having me back on the second show. The maiden voyage took off, and we're still out to sea. Yes, we are. We're in the middle of the ocean without any of our instruments working, and we could starve to death <laughs> soon. <laughs> yes, the cabin fever is setting in. Uh, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. But thank you for having me back. It's great. I love being here. Oh, it's great having you. And it was fun talking video games, man. And I hope yeah, other people totally. have enjoyed the show if they've listened to the first episode. And, you know, it showed how out of practice I am that I'm not like saying, go to this website or, you know, like if yeah. you want to send us a voicemail or anything. I was just like, well, we're done. Bye. <laughs> I, you know, I kind of like it because there's so much. Of that stuff, especially on like the iHeartRadio podcast, they're like official that you yeah. like hear all this information at the end and you're like, wait, they just gave me like eight different things to do. Like just one thing. Just tell people to do <laughs> yeah. one thing, I think, you know, makes it way easier. So all I will say is you can go to etlandfill.com and find all of the podcasts I've ever done. And also there are links there to me on Twitter, the Jstrom. Also, if you'd like to send a voicemail, talk about what you're playing and what you think of the show, send it to nimpodcast at gmail.com. You can record your voice on your phone, attach it to an email, send it to me. That would be pretty cool, wouldn't it? Oh my gosh, I would love that. I've never done voicemails on a show, but that sounds amazing. Yeah, it would be awesome. And Jimmy, I'd love to have you back from time to time whenever you're available to talk about new games we're playing and stuff. Dude, I will be back anytime you want me. The fact that somebody wants to do a podcast with me like this is just, it's a breath of fresh air. I love it. Thank you. Awesome. So I'd like to start the show off with what we've been playing. What have you been playing, Jimmy Good? Well, I have been playing a little bit of this uh, indie title. No, uh, it's a bigger game. <laughs> just came to Game Pass uh, and next-gen console, Series X, PlayStation 5. But it was on the Nintendo Switch before. Yes, I'm talking about Monster Hunter Rise, or as Jason likes to call it, 
Right. I didn't know if you were gonna say I was like, yeah, I was trying to leave it open. I was like, I, I gave him too much time, and then he's waiting for me to say it, and we're both just gonna sit here for like twenty seconds. Uh yes, raise. It um, would have been great if we both said at the same time, raise. Yeah, raise. <laughs> raise. Uh, which they should have put us in the trailer. That that's gonna move some copies. But yeah, I've been playing a lot of Monster Hunter Rise. I know that you played like just about an hour, I think is what we discussed earlier. Yes. It's my uh, first and- Monster Hunter game. Yes, and for me, weirdly now, it's my second. I come off Monster Hunter World, where I put, if I went back and looked, it's like five or six hundred hours, which sounds like a lot to some people, but to people who play like MMOs or other Monster Hunter games, they're like, that's nothing. But for me, that's a lot. Uh, usually games, I get through them, and then I'm just kind of like, yeah, cool, I'm done. But that game, I just kept coming back to, and if you liked Monster Hunter World, you're going to like this game, but it's not as deep uh, as world was and uh, jason i know we were talking about this there's a lot going on in this game even for somebody new to it so how do you feel about it for being this is a lighter version of monster hunter (laughs) first of all like yeah when you first start the game here's this lore that you won't understand but then every time you get some kind of like hey go talk to this guy it's like oh okay And the guy's like, hey, welcome to this village. You're a monster hunter. You're a hunter. And you've just passed uh, your training. And I'm like, wait, I haven't trained. I don't know how to do anything. And I'm confused. And they're like, go talk to these twins. They'll help you out. And she's like, hey, let me follow me. Here's where you get food. Here's where you get your mail. Here's where all your equipment is. And here, meet this guy. And he's like, hello, I train you. And it's like, oh. Come on, I'll take you out in the field sometime. But first, go meet this guy. And I'm like, another person? And then you go talk to this person. And then it's like, great. Any questions? And it's like, yeah, about a million of them. You know? <laughs> <laughs> what did you Hilarious. think of the, like, Monster Hunter World had a different art style, did it not? What do you think about the change to the kind of more cartoony style of Rise? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh I, and I think a lot of that was technical limitations of the Switch, maybe too, or maybe it is an aesthetic just choice because this was based more on like old school Japanese mythos. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's too bad. I do love the more kind of photorealistic version, especially of the monsters that we get in world, but they're not so drastically different where like if you play the Monster Hunter stories games, those are like cell shaded and that's like really different, obviously. Right. But it's just not as detailed and I'm I feel like that was like very purposeful. But if you go look at Monster Hunter World, I just that was my first entry and I just fell in love with all those monsters and how that game looks. And this feels like they're thinking about trying new things for the next one because this is an offshoot because in the Monster Hunter franchise to my understanding, they have like the mainline series and then like the Forza Horizon stuff like Forza Horizon isn't one of the main Forza games. And they just right. kind of go off and do their own thing. This is like the Forza Horizon, right? Like, they I just s- kind of go off and do something different. I remember um, seeing a while ago, it was a Capcom Direct kind of Nintendo thing, where they introduced Monster Hunter Rise, but also, like, Monster Hunter Stories or something. Like, yes, yeah. I was alluding to that. It was kind of like an RPG, um, yeah. like, turn-based. Yeah, like, fighting alongside monsters. It's not nearly the same. Just kind of set in a Monster Hunter world, but not... Right, Not so they're the going all in on the Monster Hunter thing. I know they've been doing it for years. Didn't it start out yeah. on, like, the PSP or something, like, handheld? Ooh. 
Uh, I actually think it started before that. I don't, this is like a PS2 thing. I can double check uh, this, uh, but it's really old. It's a very yeah. old franchise. And but I mean like that with super reverence. popular. Well, that's the thing. We've seen this now a few times more recently is that there are these franchises that have been very popular in Japan for just ages now. And they've come to the West, but they've not been nearly as popular. And then they start to gain traction. And then finally, one like Monster Hunter World breaks through. And for myself, it's like, wow, this is incredible. I can't believe they built this from the ground up. But if you look in the past, they've had decades to re, you know, kind of form this thing and make yeah, it perfect that it is. Yeah, right? So, like, that's I, what I kind of love. Yeah. It's, like, crazy. I did think it was, uh, I like the graphics. I like the, the style it's in. And I love the village. The village is very homely, homey. You know, it's like very, yeah. what is the word I'm thinking of? It's very kind of inviting. Like you just want to chill there. The cantina and all the cat creatures. What are those things called? All the palicos. Yeah, there's the palamutes, which are dogs, and the palicos, which uh, are cats, right? Yes, and the palamutes are new, and they are incredible. I love them so much. I do, too. I like how you can hop on them and ride around as a mount, but also they fight mm -hmm. for you and stuff. Yes. And you can also, yes. um, you know, customize the, their appearance and stuff. Oh, totally. Uh, a little quick clarification. First Monster Hunter came out um, September 21st, 2004 for the PlayStation 2. Wow. Uh, back in the day, at least in North America, that's when it released. And then it came to the Wii in 2009. So five years later, they ported it over to the wow. Wii, which is kind of nuts. I do love the idea of it. Fighting monsters, getting loot, getting resources from the dead monster's husk and using that yeah. to, to craft things. It's really cool. It's a cool system. Yeah. And it's kind of cutesy, too, right? Yeah, that's the thing, because, like, I am an animal lover in real life, and for some odd reason, I'm okay with this game. I just tell people that, like, the uh, Diablos that we're fighting right now is, like, the worst Diablos. It's, like, the evil Diablos, and that's why we can kill it. So it kind of helps me justify murdering right. him again and again. They're but evil monsters. Has... <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? They're out-of-control monsters the... that are yeah. damaging the ecosystem. They're harming other animals, and they could kill innocent people. Yeah. Outside of, like, the quick, like, the 30-second, whatever, like, what are the, like, the Bungie devs talked a while ago about, like, first-person shooters, the gameplay loops, where you want, like, 30 seconds to, like, always be this type of thing. I think this is, the like, the greatest video game gameplay loop of all time, because the way you said it, it's, like, you, you know, you go out, you hunt a monster beat the monster, you take parts from that monster, you go back, you make new weapons, new armor, and you go back and fight that monster again, or different monsters that maybe were harder before, and you just keep doing that, and you just keep progressing. And the gameplay itself is just so fun, even though it does take a little while to get used to, depending on the weapon you want to use. But it really just adds this layer of just nuance and ingenuity to every fight, because none of them are ever the same. And that right. makes it so much fun. It's I mean, just such honestly, fun I was overwhelmed the hour I played it. But I do know once I play it for a while, you start to learn stuff like any other game. You pick things up on yeah. what to do. So it may be overwhelming at first, like most games can be, especially RPG type mechanics. But you get it down after just doing. Yes. And, you know, to your defense, though. 
I felt that way a little bit about Monster Hunter World, and Monster Hunter doesn't do a great job of, like, easing you into the hot tub, as I call it. They just, like, push you in there, and it's just, like, walls upon walls of text tutorials. And if it's your first time, like you said, there's so much, and you're like, oh, okay, there's, a per- there's like, a little cat person who's got mail for me. I don't know why I need mail, but I have to go talk to him once in a while, and I talk to this person about training and all this stuff, and you're like, I just yeah. came here to hunt monsters? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please? So once you get out there, it's amazing. Uh, so yeah, that's what I, I've just been streamlining. I probably have not been talking to all the people I need to. I've just been like, I'm hunting monsters. I, I gotta go. Yeah, I love games like that where also you realize like, I have like 10 quests that I haven't turned in to yeah. somebody. I who Who does this belong to, you know? It yeah, happens. That's one of my favorite things about RPGs is like when you have or accumulated the items somebody asks you for, it's like an optional side quest. And like, if you can go out and get this for me, that'd be great. And you're like, okay, I'll do that. Oh, by the way, I have them. And they're like, oh my gosh, you do? Like, thanks so much. Like, <laughs> it's like, you like, did yeah. that yesterday, you know? Exactly. <laughs> it's like, wow, man, you've yeah. been really out there farming materials, haven't you? It's just such a cool thing because like, the one thing that's interesting about this for people um, who might not completely understand the technical side of it, and I don't even fully comprehend it, but this being on the Switch and being portable, that's a really cool thing. But now that they put it onto the next-gen consoles, the frame rate is crazy. The load times are yeah. basically non-existent. Like, I don't expect this to be the same way for the next Monster Hunter. It'd be great if it was, but... That's one nice thing about it. So that's why it kind of feels like a weird tech demo for the next Monster Hunter, even though that's like a different team. Like, if they could get the next Monster Hunter big mainline game to run like this yeah. with some of these new elements, like the Palamutes or the Wirebugs, and they might not have any of that in there. Because typically, from what I understand, um, most of the offshoot games do a, a gimmick that doesn't get put in the mainline games. But I would just love to see the Palamutes come into the new game because they're amazing. Yeah, I need to practice with the wire bug more because it says, you know, like, hit the left trigger, then hit the right trigger, and then while you're in the air, hit Y, and then quickly hit B. And I'm like, yeah. Wait, what? Let me let me try that again. It's not working. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. And there's some, like, monster attacks where they want you to use it because, like, a monster, like, will almost pin you down. And they're like, all right, use it now. And if you don't have, like, the wire bugs who are on cooldown because use them incorrectly earlier then you're like i can't and then like the monster's like murdering you and you're like please stop (laughs) like yeah yeah Yeah, it's a fun game i i can't wait to play more yeah well i hope we can play together because it's that's where this game shines that's my favorite thing about it the co-op because like yeah even if you call in people you've never met before you can just get like a team going and it can be so much fun so much fun awesome so jimmy now i want to talk about something that happened today that I was oh. very excited about, and it uh, I thought it turned out to be very cool. And that is the Xbox Developer Direct. Did you get to watch it? Yes, I did get to watch it. First off, Xbox has done things before. They do, like, their indie game showcase, and then, of course, their E3 showcases. But they they love to have guys on couches talking yeah. About the games and kind of very slow interviews and occasional like, here's a little clip of the game or whatever. But they wanted to do something different, more like uh, what Nintendo does. The Nintendo Directs, they just show you game trailers and say, this is coming out February or something like that. Yeah. And then PlayStation picked up on it. So now they had the PlayStation ones where they do that also. 
So now finally Xbox is like, hey, maybe we should do that too. And they did where we actually got to see the developers, which is cool. And because, you know, a lot of people, we just consume games and move on, but there are human beings that create these games, right? Yes. So I thought it was cool. They did it where it wasn't annoying or anything, and they got to introduce their games. What did you think of this format? I thought it was good, and I think we talked beforehand, because I'd asked you, I was like, oh, how long is this supposed to be? And I think it's like 48 minutes. And to me, I like that, because in the past, when they'd be like, oh, it's like a 90-minute thing, and those usually aren't like a direct, but this type of thing, this format, I love because it's so condensed, so tight, that there's not this, like you said, it's not people sitting on couches and, you know, go on for 12 or 13 minutes, like you're like, you're showing actual gameplay. Right. Which was nice. And, uh, you know, one thing I thought was kind of interesting about the framing of this is that they showed the devs kind of in their workspace, but also they would do other shots of them, like, kind of panning around to the side and show how they had, like, the lighting and the microphone set up and everything, too. Yeah. And I thought at first, I'm like, oh, that doesn't really look professional. Then I started thinking about it more. I was like, oh, but it's really realistic. And that's kind of the point of the devs, like, things like this is to show what's really going on with the game. And to show them how they really interview like that, I thought was fantastic. And I was like, this is cool. I was like, this is a nice little spotlight on the people who are actually making the games. So I thought it was good. And they uh, gave us some dates. And the first game we got to see them talk about was Minecraft Legends, which we talked about in the first episode. Uh, What did you think of how they now have explained the gameplay? What do you think of that? You know, I think it's interesting because it comes from a team who has a strategy focus. And that, to me, I, I still have questions about how exactly it works. But I could see where this could be a thing that they want, you know, big groups of streamers to play against each other. Yeah. And they're hoping that, you know, groups of friends are doing the same thing. I'm just curious to know, like, is that really the the big part of it? Because if you're coming into this, and I thought I was wrong, and you corrected me last week, I think, or I, I misunderstood. This is not like a go explore game, even though they said like, oh, like, if you want, uh, on your team, you can be like a scout and you can like kind of go around and explore the world and collect things and do stuff and you don't actually have to really do all the fighting. But I think like they really are going to want like actual team combat in this yeah. type of thing. Uh, base building versus like tearing down another base. I think it's an interesting idea. The one thing that interests me the most though is like the tech that goes into, you know, always building a new level in Minecraft because they said it was the terrain and everything's different every time. That's how Minecraft is as well. I'm just waiting for one day when we get our PCs and stuff powerful enough to do that with, like, things that aren't just, you know, blocky look of Minecraft, you know? Right, like, yeah. You, every time you zoom in, it's like, you you know, you jump into the next horizon, Zero Dawn, and your, your horizon's different than my horizon or whatever. That would be crazy. But, yeah, I think it's interesting. I don't know. What do you What do you think about this one? It looks like it would be a lot of fun playing with friends, attacking each other and stuff. And it looks like you can team up like you and I could play other friends and attack there for it basically is tower defense, isn't it? In a way. Totally. And Mm -hmm. that's uh, the way it looks. I mean, it would be fun or we might be yelling at each other. You're like, no, attack the North wall or, you know, I don't know. But uh, I don't know if it's anything I will really ever try. but I mean, I'm glad it exists. You know, there's there needs to be games for all people. Yeah, that's the thing is I'm I'm curious to know 
what market they're going for because clearly it's like kind of Minecraft, like we talked about, or I've said, I love them trying to get into different genres. They did the dungeon crawling thing. Now they're doing kind of tower defense or strategy, I should say more so. But are they just going to kind of keep taking the Minecraft idea and you know changing it and making different game types with it and just see which ones stick or not? Yeah. I don't know. Um, When's and, the you know, Grand we ever... Theft Auto Minecraft? Yeah, yeah. Um, or is like, you know, are we going to get Minecraft that's like XCOM? You know, has somebody already built that? You know, stuff like that. So <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm interested to see it. But again, it's one of those things. The depth of this one is going to determine how much people are into it. Because like mm-hmm. a game like this, where they talked about, they had like one strategy that worked out really well. That might change over time. and They're going to have to tweak things. And I, I guess I don't know how they get their mobs and how all that works. Then there's like this other kind of group, these pig piglins or whatever that are mm-hmm. like kind of a third party that you have to kind of fight all the time. Yeah, I'll so, definitely watch other know. people play it and see yeah. what I think of it. Yeah, I think it would be fun to watch like strategy streamers, people who are like really good at like Starcraft or, you know, Warcraft 3 or something, play this and see like yeah. how good they are at it. Because that'd be fun to watch. They gave a release date, too, of April 18th. Do you remember what date that you picked? Okay, I'm looking at it right now, and I put... I was off. I said summer 2023, so I didn't pick a hard date. But, uh, hey, they, you know, when they started showing this off, I immediately thought I should have said everything in six months. <laughs> and I don't know if I did say that last week, because I, I should have, because I felt it. Almost everything on here, except Forza, I was like, oh, yeah, they're... They're showing too much gameplay for this not to be soon. So April, that's not far away. Yeah. And the next game was Forza Motorsport uh, Turn 10. How cool would it be to work at that studio? See, for me, though, like, I just keep thinking about Playground, and I just want to work on Fable, you know? Yeah. (laughs) But uh, the thing for them. The game, we knew Forza Motorsport was going to look gorgeous. I mean, they've showed it before, but... The games always look gorgeous. It looks fantastic. And they even said it'll run 4K 60 frames per second with on-track ray tracing. And I'm like, whoa, yeah. on the Series X. And that sounds amazing. And I just wish I liked car games more. You know? Yeah. <laughs> right. And you could tell that they were trying to also make this less about just like straightforward racing. Because they're like, oh, you know, people getting crashes. Like you're going to get dirt on your car and we've got specialized dirt and paint chipping and all this stuff i was yeah. thinking how far can these games go until they like eventually they release a sequel there they're like we can't add anything because we added everything like we started changing how the raindrops fall you know or something like that where right? it's like yeah. every snowflake is different you know, or something um but yeah we, they have so much detail it's crazy we accidentally created an alternate reality yeah, exactly well one thing he was talking about like all this like uh, spectators or fans and he was talking about he's like oh they're all fully rendered you know 3d all that stuff but i wanted him to say they were all individually crafted like i was yeah. that he's like we have thousands of spectators and like we made each one specifically like <laughs> they each have their own cars in the parking lot they each drive yeah. to their very own homes yeah, they have jobs. hopes and dreams <laughs> yeah they're like slowly becoming like a sim game that's yeah. like a Sim City as opposed to just a simulating like a car thing. Like 
we built <laughs> like a sim eventually. game underneath the game, the racing game. It's like, why? <laughs> One of these days when they allow us to walk around and like have more of like a life outside the car, the thing is that team is so dedicated to detail, like your apartment or whatever you live in will be insane. It'll be like, you're answering your own emails with an actual keyboard that you type <laughs> on. And you're like, wait, what? What like, is happening oh right now? Yeah, that's, yeah, that team though, good for them. Like when they were talking about all like the different damage and how the dirt and the paint chip on every car differently. And I was like, my goodness, this is so, so thorough. Like it's just so thorough. The game looks so good. It really does. Looks great. When he's talking about we redesigned the sound, it's even more immersive. And I was like, really? What? It just sounds so amazing. And. I know they say that with every new Forza game, but it really does always look more amazing. <laughs> yeah, well, and it also seems like, and this goes for all the devs in this, but especially something like this where they've been doing it for a long time, they all seem still pretty happy to be working on it. And it's not mm-hmm. like something where they're like, yeah, we're back and the sound's even better. It's like, the guy was like, dude, the sound is amazing. Like, you're not even going to believe this. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. Like, you're still excited about you know doing this. Because after a while, I would think it'd be like, how many times have we got the Lamborghini sounding like a real Lamborghini, you know what I mean? Or getting yeah, that sound it's, perfect. It's a, like, it's a point of pride for them to make the yeah. best racing game on the market, you know? Oh, of course. And for a long time now, like, and Gran Turismo kind of tried to come back, not to the same extent, but like Microsoft a while ago said, you know, Forza, this is a thing. This is one of our, like, staples, our pillars, this oh, is yeah. it needs to be here. And people joke about it, but like for the racing enthusiasts out there, I would love to hear if there's another game that comes close, because it seems like right now nothing comes close. Yeah, like I've heard guys talk about like here's, you can adjust the tire pressure. They're like, oh yeah. They're like getting into that, and I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, right. That's funny. So every remember- time I try to mess with that, like in Horizon it just destroys my car. Like in E3, when they would always have like a car on the stage and they're like, oh, here comes the Forza segment. (laughs) My joke was always like, I want to see a car come from the ceiling. Like, I want to see it just like descend out of nowhere, like a Ferrari that's like all green. The guy takes off the helmet, it's Phil, and he's waving, and everyone's like, yeah. That would be such a sick intro if Phil (laughs) came in in a car like that, like sped in and just like, like like, hopped out. He does a donut. Oh my gosh. Or it's like in the shape of the Xbox symbol. And he's like, there you go. Awesome. Now, I will say this. It was a little disappointing we didn't get a date. (laughs) I know. And that's why I looked at it and I was like, I was happy that I came up with mine from last time, which was fall. I still stand by it. That's a September or October thing. I think they're going to show it a lot at E3. And then they're going to pop it out there at that time. Yeah. I mean, like we said, like, when it finally comes out and it's great, then it, it was worth waiting. Yeah. But when you saw the date for Minecraft Legends, I was like, oh, they're all going to get dates. This is great. Yeah, and then it yeah, was it like, okay. no, you're not. <laughs> it was just like, it's coming out this year sometime. And it's like, uh-huh. oh. Now, I really, when they cut to Tango Gameworks, did you hear anything about Hi-Fi Rush before this direct? I didn't. And to be honest with you, right as they went over to it really quickly, my eyes read it as Tokyo Game Show. And I was like, (laughs) wait a second, that makes no sense. 
that. And I was like, oh, oh no. And then they're like, oh yeah, Evil Within. And Evil Within too. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is a big departure. And clearly this other guy who was in the video was not like, he was the, the guy who kind of, it was his baby. It was not, right. um, Shinji Mikami. Yeah, Mikami, he was like, he's like, this is not normally the game I would make. Um, not that he seemed against it, but it was just very different. And I can, the way they handled it, I think was great. I loved, first of all, I loved when they first showed it and it looked like a cartoon. It looked like a Saturday morning cartoon. The animation looked amazing. And then all of a sudden I was like, whoa, this kind of looks like, uh, Sunset Overdrive or something, you know? It had this kind of distinct feel and look to it that I wasn't prepared for. And it was like, whoa, what is this? And then they explained, this is Hi-Fi Rush. It's like a a rhythm-based brawler where you move to the beat of the music. And I was like, okay, well, please explain more. And they did. You know, they said, it's not like... You know, it doesn't mess up the gameplay if you're out of rhythm. It just gives you bonuses and stuff like that. The more I saw of it, the more I was excited because I like when a game like this exists out of nowhere because we get the same type of games over and over again. Do we not? Very yeah, similar type games. Mm-hmm. And sure, yeah. I like that this came out of nowhere. And we, you know, before the show, we didn't know it existed. And then, boom, here it is. It looks like a lot of fun. And when does this come out, Jimmy? And what did they it say? It comes out today, January 25th, 2023. <laughs> Downloaded on Game Pass later today. And it was like, what? That's what I thought. I was really excited. I I was just like uh, giddy over it. Like, oh, a new game to play. And it just looks so neat. I can't wait to try this. I haven't tried yeah. it yet, but I, I will. Me too. I had mixed feelings because at first I was like, okay, this feels Sunset Overdrive meets No More Heroes. And I was like, oh, this looks all right. And clearly the, like, they know that they're known for, um, survival horror. And I was kind of looking at it and I was like, this feels like a weird thing, you know, for them to focus on. Then I got endeared to it when they're like, it's out today. And I think it's really purposeful because I don't know how long this game is. Uh, but it has the feeling of like we wanted to do something different, but we also want to retain kind of like that our core, you know, team and creative director has this past with, you know, survival horror. So you put this out today and it's not like something that they're like the next game from Tango Game Works is Hi-Fi Rush and we have to wait six more months until we actually get to play it. You know, it's like, no, they can still be working on other stuff which is great. And I don't know enough about Tango to know if they are still working on other things like Evil Within 3 or, or whatever else it might be. But right. I just think that putting it out today is it's really smart. And it's just like here because there's like, again, like you said, there's so many games we get again and again, but so many people are resistant to trying and buying a new thing. And that's why we keep getting the same games. If you put it out today on Game Pass and you're like, here, just try it. And like, if you like it, great. If not, you can walk away and you don't have to be like, I waited months. Like, it's just like, here it is. And I love yeah. that. I was like, well done. Uh, I am like, I'm kind of of two minds on the whole cell shaded graphics and some of the frame rate stuff looked a little weird, not in the gameplay, but some of the cutscenes. I don't mm-hmm. know if you saw any of that at all. I was like, oh, that seemed a little strange, but sometimes it was like full on anime, like hand drawn stuff. And I was like, whoa, there's a lot going on here. And they were very, very upfront about like, you don't have to be a rhythm expert to enjoy this game. I think that's really smart because I think a lot of people be turned off 
It was like, you need to hit these beats perfectly, otherwise you're not going to go anywhere. Yeah. So I thought that was really smart of them. But yeah, I think it was a great way to bring something out, just kind of fun, different. Uh, and again, those vibes, like you said, Sunset Overdrive vibes, the first thing I thought when I saw it, I was like, oh man, like this reminds me a lot of that. Uh, Can you imagine feel. Sunset Overdrive releasing on Game Pass back when uh, it released it was a game that you know cost 60 bucks yeah. it was on uh, the xbox one and it didn't do great we never got a sequel but just when you put something out on game pass day one like you get so many more people playing it than you normally would you know giving it a try and uh i think that's pretty awesome we compare them, even though Sunset was like an open world, like third person shooter about moving and shooting, whereas this is like a linear action game more so that we know. Right. But you're totally right. If you give them the option, like I try so many more things that I normally wouldn't on Game Pass because I have that. And that kind of compels me to keep it, to be quite frank with you. Cause like for me, I don't know if I would have paid $60 for this, but. Because I have Game Pass and I'm paying, you know, fifteen, sixteen dollars a month for it. It's one of the things I'll try out along with Monster Hunter Rise for this month that feels like, yeah, I got my sixteen dollars worth, you know? Yeah, it's like, cool to it's just be able to play things and try things out. And I know like uh this is a little digression, but I you know, I've always liked video games, like when I was a kid or whatever, but I would have a system and like say a Sega Genesis, but I would have like one game for the longest time because yeah. I didn't have the money to keep buying games. When Blockbuster came around and you could rent a game, I played uh, more games that way. But back in the day, you just couldn't point. keep buying games, you know? This reminds me so much now of why I like this. When I was younger, the, you know, Blockbuster, when it was a th- more of a thing, there's only one store left now, but they would have like a, over the summer, you could do like a kind of a game pass basically thing. And I remember playing the first God of War that way. And I remember just going and just trying out games. And, you know, you take it back the next day or two days later, and, like that was really for me. And it felt like a true library. And I think that's one of the reasons why I love this. Like you just brought that to my attention. And I loved that summer because I was like, Oh my gosh, I just felt like a kid in a candy store. I was like, I just try this out for a little bit. If I like it, great. And if not, man, take it back, you know? Yeah. I remember renting lethal enforcers. Remember that light gun game? I don't know if I played it. Oh, it was this great kind of, uh, it was a light gun game where you're shooting bad guys, robbing banks and stuff. It was like a coin-op game, but it came out for Sega Genesis on Sega CD. And so I rented it, and the guy was like, uh, oh, you're going to need to rent the light gun uh, also. I got it over here. And he puts the like the plastic gun on the counter. I was like, oh, sweet! You know? So I'm like Sick. taking this plastic gun and hooking it up, and I'm shooting at my TV, and it works! Oh, this nice. is awesome! And uh, playing that for just hours on end. Mm-hmm. Good that's times, cool. that's but really th- cool. that's what I love about Game Pass. You could just try stuff. And yeah, very much so. When they said the game was available now, there was just this kind of like buzz, like it's excitement, like, oh, this game exists and you could play it right now. It's just exciting. Yeah, which if you look back at the very beginning of the show where they were like, oh, we're going to, it's like that little, I don't know if it was like a drawing pad, but it was like four games to talk about. Then it like crosses it out or like erases as a five games. And you're like, oh, okay, they're adding a game. But like to add a game, 
and then to shadow drop it immediately. Yeah. Do you realize they amazing. totally spoiled us now? The next one of these they do, we're yeah. gonna be like, "What are they shadow dropping, man?" Because yeah, like, they oh know, boy, I'm gonna be yeah. pissed. <laughs> Well, you know what? If they did this every year, this direct at the very beginning of the year, because that's kind of like Microsoft saying, hey, it's a new year and it's just getting started. But also, you know, we want you to be thinking of us going forward. I think it's brilliant. I think it's a brilliant marketing strategy to be like the beginning of the year. We're always going to do this. I don't know if that's always going to happen, but I think it's smart to do. Yeah, that if like they can. the secret January game. What's it going to be this year or something like that? Yeah. And they get you hyped for like the next couple of months leading into E3. And then when you get to E3, it can be like, all right, the back half of this year, guys, is going to be nuts. You know, Ugh, I like it. Now, Jimmy, what do you have to say about the Elder Scrolls online? Okay. <laughs> I'll give them this. There is so much stuff yeah. that they're allowing you to play. It's insane. Like, they're like, oh, there's like these 20 different DLCs that you can just go play and do all this stuff. And you can kind of tell that they are trying to market it to a newer group of people because they're right. like, it's intimidating. Any MMO is going to be. But they're like, if you've ever played, you know, Oblivion, if you played, you know, if you played Skyrim, you can come play this. It's going to be very familiar to you. I think that's a great angle to come from, but man, uh, I was just like, wow, this is, there's a lot of stuff, uh, to unpack with ESO. And I was like, it's just, it's not my personal cup of tea, but I respect anybody who's going to devote time to this stuff. Cause like power to you, man. It's a lot of time. Yes. They said Necrom, which I guess is their new DLC yeah. launches in June. And I was like, oh, that looks pretty cool. But I was imagining like if, People who are into this, this is the only game they play, isn't it? <laughs> I feel like it's one of them. Like, you have to kind of commit. If you have any MMO in your life, it's like you pick one. Like, I right. talk to people who play Final Fantasy fourteen. They play other games, too. Doubt it to those people who might be listening. But, like, you know who you are. Like, they don't have multiple MMOs, typically, that they're in. If they're in multiple ones, it's like, yeah, they jump into World of Warcraft when there's a new update or, like, a right. big expansion for, like, a few weeks. And yeah. then they're done. A new you know. DLC comes out and they just absorb it. Oh my gosh, like almost immediately. And I imagine that's kind of frustrating and kind of flattering for the devs because they're like, we spent months working years on this thing and people just like eat it up in like a week or two. And it's like, yeah, cool. What's next? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's Yay. exciting. If you're into a game like yeah. this, you'd be like, okay, I'm getting Game Pass and I get all the past chapters for free or something. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty cool. Uh, I don't have the time, man. <laughs> Yeah, I looked at it and they're showing like all the DLC and how much of the regions they've covered so far. And that kind of like, to me, shows that they want to cover every region of that continent eventually in DLC. And they put out one new chapter or expansion every year. So they're consistently doing this. So there's a player base, you know, that is probably frothing at the bit. And that's why they have their kind of specialized after the show, you can watch more stuff thing. Which I think is really smart because yeah. they can tease it and talk about it in the direct, but they can't devote 20 minutes to this when there are people who are going to be either right in and be like, oh, cool, I'm giving this a look in now. Or they're going to be like, no, nah, I'm not interested. I'm out. And they yeah. introduced a new playable class, the Arcanist. Is that like a necromancer? Because I was like, I feel like they want to say necromancer. Maybe they already have a necromancer. Yeah, I think it was like, like some kind of forbidden magic that they use or something. Yeah. Which I was like, okay, cool. That seems cool to me. So does yeah. that mean everyone who starts playing, they're all the Arcanist? <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah, they're the all Arcanist. 
forbidden magic that everyone has access to now. Do you got to max out this character? Just go jumping around. Get your jump stat up, bud. Yes. So that's in June 20th, uh, Jimmy, if you want to dive into that. Which right after E3, right? Or right (laughs) around then? I was like, okay. You can play it right now. It just works. Now, we finally got what we'd been waiting for, and that's Redfall. The big Redfall Yeah, which you can tell they were, like, holding off on that the whole time. Because they're kind of dancing around, like, circling a different project. Then they go into that, and I was like, oh, they want to save Redfall for last. Because everybody's here to be like, all right, when's it coming out? (laughs) So it looks to me as what they're showing us the map of Redfall. And there are store, you know, it's like an, any open world game where you'll have icons on the screen that they're the story, main story driven missions, right? Mm -hmm. But then there will be other like bases and stuff that you also can do on the map. And they kind of went out of the way to show you that, like, you know, they, you can play it single player. You can play it multiplayer. I, by the way, think it'll be more fun playing multiplayer. But I like that you can play single player also. Yeah, I agree completely. What did you think of like the gunplay and stuff they showed? I am hopeful. And okay, here's the thing. Arcane has been making games for a while now. Um, the Dishonored games, they made Deathloop. I didn't play Deathloop. So I have no idea how they're, they're doing with those types of guns, but I played through Dishonored. I remember if I did any of Dishonored too. More often than not, those were like, you know, you'd shoot a pistol once or twice. You weren't like going full, you know, machine gun, full auto or anything. Right. So I'm really curious to know how the guns feel because it's so hard for me to tell in a game like a shooter if it's going to feel good or not until you get hands on with it. Right. Right. The interview the devs did with, I think it was Games Radar, they said that the id guys came over and gave Ooh. them some tips on their gun feel and stuff like that the way the gun's handled so i think that could be a good sign yeah i remember that same thing happened back at activision blizzard a long time ago like the treyarch people went over to the people at overwatch back in the day and were kind of giving them tips on like how the guns could feel and how they should feel and i was like okay so that makes me feel a little bit better because those guns doom guns feel good uh i don't think to be honest they're not my best feeling guns i've ever had in a game but i think that that's a that's great to hear. So, yeah, again, it's hard to tell. And also, there are, like, special abilities, and you have different types of guns. Mm-hmm. I actually shouted out loud when I saw I was like, oh, there's an ice beam gun. I was like, ice beam. Uh, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah. hey, I want to see a flamethrower. Like, I want to see that. I want to see weird, wacky stuff. You know, to me, that's the, where the cool fun really lies. There's the character with the robot. The, I immediately Dude. thought that might be cool if you're playing alone because you have a buddy playing with you. You know, I love the little robot and like the little like movements it has to like draw attention. I was laughing out loud at that. And I usually don't at stuff like this, but I was watching. I was like, the little robot's like, look at me. And it's like sitting down. It's like wagging its little antenna just like crazily in the air to like draw attention. I was like, that's funny. I like that. And she, I think that character has the beam weapon. And she had like a silenced pistol. I don't know if everybody can get that, but I was like, ooh. And it looked like you were fighting not just vampires, but like people who were like either turning or just joined cults. And yeah, there's like, oh, cultists okay. and also this kind of militia type group. Which I like. And then on top of that, 
the guns weren't just all like regular guns. Like there was like a gun that was like encased in bone and stuff. And I was like, oh, this is like an Outrider Z a little bit. Oh, and, and I was like, okay, you, cool. The gun, the weapons have stats too, so you're le- yeah. you're getting better guns and stuff. <laughs> Which I thought of you, Jason, because like there's a moment where they're trying to like <laughs> run out of a hideout that's like blowing up or something, and there's like somebody who's like checking chests and like comparing stats and stuff. And I was like, I'm just imagining running out of a place, and be like. Jason, where are you? And you're like, I'm just checking to see if this pistol's better than my other pistol. <laughs> yeah, like, I would totally be doing that. <laughs> like, get out of there. Get out of there. Uh, the place is going to blow. No, no. Hold on a we second. We are leaving. <laughs> uh, I do like yeah. the character with the bird and uh, he has stealth where he can go invisible. Now, if you're playing alone, <laughs> that could come in handy. Oh, totally. And he used it really well the second time. The first time he did it, and maybe you get like a jumping ambush bonus when you come out of stealth, because like he opens the door, goes stealth, and then he like the first person he sees, he opens fire on. And I was like, oh, that kind of ruins the point you of your stealth. You just gave bud. away your like, position, man. Yeah, I was like, it maybe he knows more than I do, but uh, yeah, I think all the powers and stuff will kind of bring you to like certain characters more. The real question is like, who gets what type of guns? Yeah. Like, that's what I'm like, okay. The girl okay. with the magic umbrella, that seems like her abilities could be pretty cool. Especially yeah. when you can level them up where your friends can use them too. Like, the elevator to fly up in the air, that would be pretty cool. If everybody's yeah. flying up at the same time and stuff. Well, they're like, yeah, you can use the elevator to like get a, a shot from above. And I was trying to think, maybe there's like um height bonuses and there's like stats we don't understand. Because I was thinking, I was like, man, there's a lot of this like jump up in the air or like teleport close to a vampire abilities mm-hmm. and i'm like what no you want to keep your distance i'm like especially the sniper guys like he's like you can teleport right up next to him i'm like teleport right next to the melee guy I'm why would sniper. i have a gun I said, I'm like, yeah stay back like, i do love the effect of when you stake them the kind of like they're dude, dissolving so- into like ember kind of a thing it looks, yeah reminds me of blade when he would yeah, get vampires. I, I love that too. And I also was excited that like one of those like big like evil trees or whatever, I was like, Oh, I hope that goes away. So they he like they kill like a sub boss or a mini boss and like the mini boss goes away and then like the tree dissolved like that too. And I'm like, Oh, that looks so cool. I bet that looks so great in real yeah. time. I, I this game looks really good and even stuff like the walls and like things in the room, they're so detailed. You know, the little shops and diners and stuff. It just looks so good. Yeah, I wonder if, like, the horror elements are only really there for single player. Because they did that kind of, like, he's, like, a person's walking around the house and, like, a vampire attacks them in the back. And they're they're fine. But I was thinking, like, if you run in there with a team of four people, you're not going to tell me that, like, you might get spooked for a second. But, like, your whole team's gunning that one lone vampire down, like, you know, in a moment. Like, <laughs> you're like, oh, he's up here, ah! Like, yeah, you know, yeah, but still cool though. They had a moment. I was like, "Oh, there's tension." I was like, "Look at this! Look at this! This is great." I just, I want to know how much. I want the story to be good. I want it to be worth it to play the story. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think Arcane is usually really good about that. I again, I didn't play Deathloop, but um, the Dishonored stuff was really good. So I am optimistic about that. Because when they say that, they're like, we're known for our storytelling. They are. They they don't just say that. They really are. So I think that will be genuinely good. And I forget if you can do that, like, 
Can you do the campaign stuff? Is that with the buddies or is there only like a certain, you just doing open world stuff with them? No, I believe you can do the story with friends. It's okay, just that cool. I think they didn't talk about it today, but it's been mentioned before that the story only counts for one, the person hosting the game kind of a thing. Oh, okay. Like yeah, if like fine. you and I got to the end one night, like I was playing with you and then the next day I, turn on the game i'm playing by myself like i've got to redo all that stuff i think sure sure well maybe you can go back with like better loot and then you can just but, crush the yeah game. but they did say you can keep your loot that you got which is great because yeah. i like being over leveled when i play games and make Dude, that's why uh, rpgs it's one of the best things about them is like going to crush things after you get overpowered and you're like yeah take how that. do you think i beat elden ring i got overpowered yeah <laughs> Dude, exactly. Yeah. And then you come back to a boss and you hit it like three or four times and you're like, that wasn't that bad. Like, it's but like, I, it's just like, it's a numbers game. Like, I'm just like, get wrecked. Get wrecked, dude. Yeah. I'm just waiting for them to add a new character that's like turning into a vampire is like half vampire. And they're like, use your half vampire abilities to float around the map. You know? Yeah. If like, they would have said like, one of your group could turn into a vampire and you can go fighting your friends, I'd be like, no, I don't want it to be this yeah. kind of game. <laughs> No, no. Yeah, they didn't evolve it up or something. But uh, yeah, I think it looks cool. I'm really interested. And I was right about the leak um, May 2nd, 2023. And I'm thinking this. The game comes out. People right away are like, oh, this is the best shotgun in the game. Here's how you get it. Yeah. Kind of thing. There's going to be all sorts of stuff like that. And like I said, I think maybe I either thought this last week or mentioned it last week. But then it's got enough time. Where they have a month and a, a half. So that way at E3, they'll be like, hey, we know you're all playing Redfall and enjoying it. And everyone's like, yeah. They're like, but we want to tell you that Redfall has come under attack because it's Halloween. You know what I mean? And the Halloween DLC or whatever it'll yeah. be will come out in October. And people will be like, oh, my gosh. So like new skins to customize your guns and characters. And like, yeah, I'm, I'm calling it, man. And I already did see, you know, when you you can pre-order the game now and they always have the deluxe edition, they have a character pass that you can get because they're going to add new playable characters at a later date. Ah, So they'll have new guys with new abilities. And uh, that's how, you know, you can play the game with Game Pass, but also pay this little bit extra and you get all these other things, you know, so. Hmm. Interesting. Oh, you did say that, May. I did. Yep. Yes, sir. Because I, I researched it beforehand, and they said that they're like, there's like a leak maybe that says maybe May 2nd. And I was like, I'm just going with that one. Wait, so. Jimmy, you're our insider. You got the you I got, got the knowledge of what's going on. I know things, baby. Um, Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I was happy that that's the case. Because, again, I think that's a great time to come out. Um, mm-hmm. going right into summer and having people be excited about it. We will and be seasoned vets of this game by the time E3 rolls around. Yeah, and I think that's a perfect time to talk about, you know, September DLC. Like, you know, I think yeah. that's a perfect time. So, that's when, my hope. At the, that's my hope. Let me ask you this. Could Xbox ever resist showing a sizzle reel at the end of a presentation? Oh, man, that's what they do, maybe. <laughs> They love those sizzle reels, but uh, they love it just to reinforce it. Be like, oh yeah, Minecraft Legends is coming out. So when this was all over, how did you feel about it? This new kind of thing for Xbox. I thought it was good. I think 
this one was predicated, I think, for a lot of people, or at least it seemed like the way they were ending it with Redfall was because they knew a lot of people wanted to see Redfall, Redfall gameplay, and, you know, get that release date. So for me, you know, like, you always want to watch one of these things where, like, everything in it, even though there's only, like, four or five things, that they're all really appealing to you. But they're trying to appeal to a, a mass audience with 48 minutes here. I think they did the best they could with what they had, especially most of these games are coming out within six months or less. Yeah. So good on them for that. Um, I am really personally only interested in Redfall. Like, I will try Hi-Fi. I really will. Um, But other than that, like, that was the big thing. And I could tell they knew it. Like, everybody who's watching this were like, all right, come on, show me. Show me the vampires. Like, I really, <laughs> you know? really wanted them to do the... Tune in this February 14th on Valentine's Day for our Starfield presentation where we'll take you there. Uh, I was waiting for that, but it didn't happen. Do we talk about that? Like, yeah, because I still feel like Starfield would not be one of these, like, part of it. It would be, like, the only thing. Yeah, yeah. Would that have overshadowed everything if they announced that? Like, people go, oh, "Oh, Starfield thing's happening. Oh, totally. There's no question. People wouldn't even be talking about the other games. No offense to them, because they all look good, but I just don't think there's a chance, because that's such an anticipated title, that people would be like, oh my gosh, we got, you know, we got a release date, or we got, like, a a year? You know what I mean? Like, people would be freaking out. Right. So, uh, I do hope for that Starfield thing soon, but I loved having new Xbox stuff to talk about and get excited about. I thought it was fun. It's fun playing games, being into games, but also learning about new games and knowing what to look forward to. That also, you know, pumps you up and makes you excited, too. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Jason, but are all of these Xbox slash PC-ish exclusives? Xbox exclusive. Uh, Yes, they're all Xbox PC exclusive. I believe. So now we're starting, like, and, you know, we've had things like this in the past with Forza, Gears, and Halo, but now, and a lot of people have said this for a while, they're like, oh, you know, Xbox doesn't have any, like, first-party things. They haven't been releasing a lot of first-party stuff. I think, and I've thought this for a long time, when those kind of few years of construction or reconstruction where Phil and the team, they were buying up other companies, we're starting to see it. And I yeah. think what we're going to get here in the next year two three years is this steady stream big i'm not talking smaller i'm talking bigger xbox first party titles oh yeah and it's a dream baby soon and soon people are gonna be like whoa whoa there's too much coming out they're gonna be like there's so much yeah. like at first they'd be like there wasn't anything and now it's like one every other month or every three months there'll be another big game and xbox is like we're going we're cooking you know like yeah so that's We're going to be like, well, well, I don't have, I don't have the time to play all these games, <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah. Right. Backlog. Like, oh, we just, yeah. They just like quietly shadow drop the next plague tale. They're like, oh yeah, here you go. Here's a new plague tale. And you're like, what? Like, you know, um, yeah, I just think it's, it's just cool to see. And I don't think, you know, Redfall is not the first one of this, but it does feel like it's going to start this way where it's like, okay, we've got the people who made Dishonored and Deathloop and now they just made this, you know? Yeah. Here we go. So I'm it's hopeful, fun to man. be excited for the future. Yeah. And again, it's not just like Xbox. We're talking about Xbox today because that's what popped up recently. But like it makes, you know, PlayStation's got amazing first party titles and uh, like you want competition. You want Nintendo also like, you know, when Breath of the Wild or I should say Tears of the Kingdom comes out, like 
you want all of these companies to be vying for your attention because they really have to try really hard and that's uh, better for us as consumers as long as we aren't overworking the lovely devs because they are amazing and we wouldn't have the games without them. All I can say is this. Thank you for buying Bethesda Xbox. <laughs> yeah, my gosh, dude, right? Totally. Like it, it feels like Bethesda instead of like being like, yeah, we're making these things eventually, like, you know, Starfield and Elder Scrolls. It's like Phil was like, no, we are making them and we're making them now. Like, you know, <laughs> right. It's like, you- oh, okay. Right now, Jimmy, Bethesda or machine games in Bethesda are working on an Indiana Jones game. Just imagine what that's yeah. going to be like. And the thing is, the Indiana Jones games, it's not a high bar to overcome. So, like, even anything halfway decent will all just be like, thank you. Like, <laughs> we appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that could be good, man. I, I, I remember they announced that a while ago and we we're all like, really? making this like so maybe the c3 will get a trailer that's not just cgi yeah that'd be nice that'd be nice to that'd be great i i again i like cg trailers but the older i get all i can think is like show me the gameplay like you know, can we do a cgi have, trailer and then 10 seconds of gameplay if you go back to that original redfall cg trailer that they showed at e3 a while back right and then yeah. what you see now, I would say it's pretty close to their concept. I mean, I don't feel like we were like, this isn't what it seemed like it was going to be. I think they did a good job conveying what the game was. Yeah. And I know a lot of people at first, even myself included, I think was like, is this like Left 4 Dead with vampires and stuff? But mm-hmm. they really proved. And recently there was some article that said that was like they akin it more like Far Cry 2 or something. And yeah. I played through Far Cry 2, 3, 4, 5. Um, so it's definitely had a little bit more of that kind of like tougher enemies kind of, you know, going over a bigger map, not just fighting hordes upon hordes of stuff. And I think that's a great distinction, especially after um, Back for Blood came out so recently and some people really liked it. But it's just it's a very different um, type of game that Arcane's making. And it's good to have that distinguishing factor. Did you play through Far Cry 6? Not yet. I'd like to someday. I always enjoy the Far Cry games. I think they're fun. Did you? Uh, no, I did not. But I'm waiting for it to hit Game Pass, and then I'll play <laughs> I, dude, it. Dude, I feel like it's inevitable. I looked it up the other day, and it was like half off. It was like $30 or $29.99 for Far Cry 6. I'm like, this isn't on Game Pass yet. For some odd reason, Ubisoft feels like they're not going to get maybe bought up, but like that's another one. I'm like, mm, a lot of those games after a year or two, I'm like, they feel like they could go on Game Pass. Oh, yeah. like, Do you remember a while? It was like a, was it a year ago or two years ago? They said Ubisoft Plus was coming to Xbox. They didn't say it was going to be on Game Pass, but they said it was coming to Xbox. And we haven't heard any more about it since then. Yeah, no. I it would be cool if know. they did like EA and they were like, you'll get three new uh, Ubisoft games a month or something. I don't know. That would be pretty cool. We were hearing about financial stuff with Ubisoft recently, and like, yeah. I'm sure all the companies have talked about it, but like, again, if Microsoft bought them, how crazy would that be? The big Assassin's Creed from now on is only on Xbox and PC. Like, that would be <laughs> that crazy. Would be but, you know, they, they already have so many studios. Who's going to manage this stuff? <laughs> I don't know. That's the thing. I'm like, they bought up so many, and like, that's great because they're at least they're more protected than being out by themselves. Maybe they don't have as much autonomy as they once did, but they are getting stuff done, which is great to see. So I don't know. 
I don't know. Uh, I, I, I'm not saying that every company needs to be bought up by one of the big three, you know, right. but at the same time, it's just like, I start to have these ideas where I'm like, okay, like when Insomniac, like I always associated it with PlayStation, they did make Sunset Overdrive a long time ago, which was an Xbox game, but now they are like owned by Sony. So it's like, okay. It's like, okay I to what dream. The next will be. It's okay to dream, but also I like having Capcom be its own thing. Capcom should not get eaten up by anybody because everybody gets to enjoy Monster Hunter then. Right. They're their own agents. The more people that get to play, the better. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Now, Jimmy, I have to ask, did you see the second episode of The Last of Us? Oh, I did watch the second episode. Yes. I thought it was really cool the way it opened again in the past, showing before the kind of outbreak happened. What did you think of that opening there? I thought that was way more interesting to me than some of the additional stuff we saw in the first episode. Not that anything in the first episode was inherently bad. I just felt like it it felt so meaty and overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Whereas this felt much tighter. And of course, there's like a, it's a half hour shorter. So that helps too. But this was like one of those things where I was like, Oh, now you can tell part of the story that you couldn't tell in the game because it'd be weird if like Joel went to sleep one night and they like cut to Jakarta 20 yeah, yeah. years ago. And he'd be like, Oh, okay. I'd be like, so this is what you read on a piece of paper and rifling through a cabinet or something in the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I thought that was interesting. I was like, oh, this is cool. So I enjoyed that. I thought that was nice. And again, like the intro from the first, um, the first episode, I thought that was cool too. Maybe kind of unnecessary because you kind of get the vibe, even if you didn't know. And maybe to me, not explaining it makes it more freaky because you're like, what, what even is this thing? The kind so- of hopelessness of it. I think the reason that existed is it's showing you how important Ellie is. Like there is no cure. And for the fact that it seems Ellie is the first person in history to be immune to this is a big deal. And I think that's what yes. it's trying to express to us. Yeah, totally. Uh, and that you mean for the, uh, the first episode? I mean, in the second one, the reason they showed that woman and she said, there's no cure for this. Uh, The only thing you can do is bomb, bomb the city. Yes. And I also think it's kind of a cool thing to like, they kind of confirmed the whole flower thing from the first episode. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was cool too. And, um, which I, I guess I wouldn't have picked up on unless you brought it up. But I think again, showing different perspectives on this you know, from the beginning is cool. They can't do it the whole time, but it is definitely something that's a nice juxtaposition to being like, this was before, this is after. It does and, make me uh, wonder if every episode will begin with a flashback, though. Yeah, right. You're like, you know, <laughs> they'll be like, like and then oh, there was this a family is a in Kansas. Yeah. <laughs> this is a regular <laughs> occurring thing. Okay, what's going to be the flashback next week? But, uh, yeah. Well, I think it's really good and really tight, you know, and it feels like the game. I don't think they can do this every episode, even though I kind of like them to. Like, yeah, it doesn't have to be a fight for survival every episode like this, but it was definitely more interesting and gripping. And it stuck with me. Like, 
one scene in particular, I was like, oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> oh, me too. Yeah. The yeah, show is so really well done. The production value, the the world that they've made, uh, it seems it's so bleak, you know? And yeah. I was very excited, like I said last week, about seeing the clickers. But I wasn't prepared for how frightening they are. They're yeah, so they freaky. Because mm-hmm. I honestly think that when Ellie finally makes a sound, when they're like, shh, be quiet, don't, don't make a sound. It's because she's about to throw up seeing it. She kind of goes like, kind of makes that sound. Yeah. And I think it's, she getting, it's like glistening in the light, you know, and it's, I think mm-hmm. she's just like, that is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. And it literally is like one of those things can do so much damage and they're so hard to kill, you know? Yeah, totally. I honestly was waiting for Joel to pull, pull out a shiv, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, totally. Uh, which, side note, I was watching another show where, like, a guy was, like, they're sneaking around as, like, a special forces unit, and they were going to take somebody out with a knife. And I was like, oh, he's going for, like, a silent kill. But then the guy, he jumped, like, was ready for it and, like, spun it around and stabbed the guy with a knife. And I was like, oh, there's a nice oh, little expectation subversion. Was that Jack yeah. Ryan? Dude, it was Jack Ryan. Dude, uh, I saw so that good. episode, too, and I was like, oh, he should have just shot him. <laughs> yeah, and then the guy even says he's like, "You should have, you should, couldn't have just shot him." And I, <laughs> yeah, I was like, he totally dude, botched that stealth kill, didn't he? Dude, all right, and I was thinking, I was like, you know what? If I was one of these people, I'd be like, I got this. Um, yeah, and I'd probably do the same thing. I'd be like, oh, yep, yeah, he did stab me in the gut with my own knife. Yes, he did. So get, it didn't uh, work out the way I planned. Oh. Yeah. Side note: Jack Ryan is great, and it's on Amazon. You should all check it out. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's super good. <laughs> uh, we uh, finished the season. Uh, last weekend. Nice. I gotta go finish the season myself. But anyway, sorry, The Last of Us. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think they, they've done such a great job, um, with making, like you said, the world look so bleak. It looks just like the game, you know, which is kind of impressive to me. Like, uh, the amount of, like, just like make a, a hotel lobby that is flooded. And it's like, okay. Like, I, I think about that of like, Oh, that's a lot of work. And I know I shouldn't be thinking about the production side, but being someone who's in the industry like that, I look at it and I think like, man, they did have a lot to make like this world believable and they've yeah. done it. And that I, I really respect that portion of it. It's really good. I love the moment where they're on the balcony of the building and they see all the infected down there. Yeah. The directing, they don't show a close up of them. We only see them from a distance and you see them all kind of moving weirdly in a weird pattern. Mm. And, uh, Ellie's like, they're connected. And she's like, actually, they are. They all work through the fungus. Like it all c- communicates to all of them at the same time. They're, uh, if you step on the fungus, they will sense it. And I thought that was a great new addition that's not in the video game. Yeah, I was kind of of two minds about that because at first I kind of missed the whole gas mask and spores thing because like any time in the game when you have the gas mask on, mm-hmm. for some odd reason, it felt like it was way worse because you're like you go into an area and you're like there's spores everywhere. Like put your gas mask on. And you're like, this is going to be really bad because they're here for sure. Uh, but with the tendril thing. There's a cool new kind of like 
addition or plot point where that like if you were to walk around in this world and you accidentally inadvertently step on one of these things it will it could alert some of them really far away and they come running for you and you have no idea and it would be too late before you could like kind of figure out what to do right and i think that definitely makes for crazier moments like we see at the you know the end of this episode yeah Remember how I was like, I'm not so into the tendrils in the first episode. I yeah. thought it worked much better in this episode because once they kind of went into how it works with the fungus and you step on it and everything, it's almost Borg-like in a way yeah. when you think about it. They're all kind of the hive unit type of thing. And I guess maybe all you need is one of those to get inside your body and you're it's going to take you over kind of a thing. Yeah. And I I almost thought of it almost like little spider legs or something in the first episode. But now I see it's more it's just like little tiny the fungus kind of stretching out, like reaching for you kind of a thing more than like a vampire from the strain or something like that. Sure. Sure. Still loving the cast. Anna Torv is Tess. She did a great job. Unfortunately, spoiler alert, uh, if you played the game, you know that her character is not going to last long. But they changed the way she meets her fate in this episode than the game. And I actually like the change. I like the I change. I forget how it goes in the game. How does it go again? In the game, you get, get to the capital and all the guys are dead. And then Fedra shows up. These guys in a truck. And they they're getting out and they're coming inside. And Tessa's, you know, revealed that she's been bit and she says, take the girl and do all that stuff. I'll hold them off. And so you just hear gunshots. And then in the game, you can clear the, you know, you don't have to leave. You can actually stay there, kill all the guys and then go up and you look down from like where you're at and you see Tess is down on the ground dead. Like they gunned her down. Oh, okay. so, so in the show, they made it like instead of holding off humans, she's holding off the infected while they get away. And just yeah. the way this was directed, I love when the infected are alerted and you see it's kind of out of focus and like hundreds of them getting up and running. That was yeah. so creepy. Like they're kind of overdoing it with like the massive horde of them because like... That, I think it works better in TV than it does in the game because in the game, like you fight a couple here and there, like you would. There's no way, and I don't know how often you even see a horde like that. But like the point is that they are, like you said, tough to kill. I think if, there's like, a cutscene where you see them running, and Joel slams like a garage door type of thing shut. Okay, but I don't yeah. think it's the, as many as you just saw on the show though no yeah it's like that felt way more like the walking dead or like 28 days later or even world war z where it was like there's just so honestly reminded me of what days gone (laughs) oh dude yeah your beloved your beloved days gone the great days gone that was uh neil Druckmann's tribute to another sony property (laughs) there you go yeah uh but that the way that tess died it like it haunts me i i don't like it and i know that's purposeful Mm -hmm. i also just kind of hate the horror trope of why she was in that position because it was like she just couldn't light the lighter and i'm like of course like (laughs) uh yeah that scene was very creepy the way the thing i sidled up to her you know kind of like just very calmly and i think what the show is trying to convey 
was that she was turning already. Yeah. And that she was having issues with her brain function. I think maybe. And she was trying to light the lighter and it's inviting being accepted in the collective. And I think that's what that was going on there. Oh, okay. That's better than what I thought, which was more of like, she was just freaking out and she just couldn't do it. And she's like, I'll let this thing freaking kiss me or whatever. I was like, yeah, no, she was, they weren't attacking her because she's infected and they know it is what I was feeling. And the guy was like, welcome to the club. (laughs) You know, but I don't know if it's like that, but I honestly, uh, they may even been able to convey it better maybe show her pupils dilate or something. I don't know. But, uh, I think, yes, she was fighting her for her humanity just for those final few seconds. Yeah. Fair enough. Which I don't know how grenades work to that degree. Cause I thought at first she was grabbing a grenade and she was going to do a countdown. And I was like, Oh, this thing is going to get right next to her before I saw the whole lighter thing. And I was like, and then she's going to like, it's going to explode right there. But, I was thinking like, oh, there are some other different ways you could have probably done this, but yeah. it, it's totally fine. When she dumped know. the grenades on the ground, I was like, actually, uh, hold on yeah. to a grenade. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I think oh, a lot of people didn't. were thinking, why didn't she just hold on to the grenade? But yeah, she I thought was, so. I was like, stressed, you know. She was stressed, but she was not stressed enough to, she figured out what to do in that moment. She's like, all right, I'm going to start dropping over the oil drums here and grab the grenades. And I was like, just start lobbing the grenades at the door. Like, you know, you could, maybe you could do a little bit of damage here. I would have done a bigger last stand, I guess. But, uh, I thought that explosion was going to be way bigger, but I think they, they tried to make it realistic. Cause I was like, yeah. oh, the whole building's going to explode. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Why would it hold the whole building explode, Jimmy? But, like, <laughs> you know what I really, uh, uh loved is when they come to a door that's blocked off and Tess is like, I'll go around. You guys stay here. That reminded yeah. me of the game. Cause there's a part where you have to send Ellie through the wall and you just wait there for her. Uh-huh. And you're worried because she's out of your sight. She's like, okay, I'm good. And she like unlocks it or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I love that. Also, did you think of Joel when they go into the room and all the soldiers are dead and they're like, what do we do now? I was just like, you loot the corpses for bullets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, okay, okay. we got a shotgun yeah. here. We've got some extra shells, we've got some clips yes. over here. Yeah. Uh, I love the moment where they were like, they met that first clicker in the museum and then they like, we're kind of trying to get away from it and they do and they go back to like stealth mode. Then they're like hunched, like him and Ellie are hunched behind cover. And I was like, Oh my gosh, it's just like the game. And then yeah. I was like, to really seal the deal, they need Ellie to like run out in front of Joel, hunched over, knock over paint cans and stuff, and the clickers don't know. Because I remember that happened a lot back in the first version of that game, yeah. where Ellie was kind of like, they would never, ever spot her. You know, <laughs> It's like, oh. Yeah, okay, she Ellie. is like, in the line of sight, but they don't see her. <laughs> yeah, or just knocking things over and stuff, and like, you know, making sound. Was like, I oh, do... Yeah, I was going to say, there's a shot where she's hunched over, and it reminded me of the game exactly. When you're sneaking yeah. around, and she's just sitting there, like, hiding. That was yeah, so cool. I don't know why they didn't, like, throw a rock or a, an item down a hallway. Because I was like, I thought for sure they were going to do that sort of thing. Joel um, needs know, just... bricks and empty bottles. Yep. He needs it. Um, he really, I can't he wait for the moment chips. where he builds a bomb or something, where he crafts something. Dude. You know that's going to yeah. be on the show, right? Which we're going to get more of that, which is good now, because as much as I did like Tess, she and Ellie, they really focused on 
in this last episode, which is totally fine. And it just kind of overshadows Joel. And so he didn't really feel like a main character, except that moment he had, at least for me, with just him and Ellie. Uh, but now you can finally get to build that relationship because that is like the cornerstone of the show. Like, yeah, that's it. He lets his armor that's covering his heart fall away and he, uh, you know, loves Ellie and wants to protect her and all that. But right now he's still distant Joel, you know, yeah. he's all yeah. business yeah. and all that. So, and also Ellie changes a lot over the course of the story. So I'm really curious to how that happens. And, but I'm just excited to watch the show. You know, I was yeah. really excited to watch it this Sunday and I was like, Oh, Oh crap. You know, I think it was like eight 30 and I realized, you know, last of us is on. I could, I could watch that now. And, I turn out all the lights and I watch it like that. And then when it came to the creepy clicker part, I was like, man, I should turn the lights on. Uh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's creepy. It's very creepy. Yeah, yeah. But it's weird. Now they don't have their leader tests who it's like, Oh, like it's like good and bad. It's like, I'm just curious because they have seven more episodes for this season. And I, I'm so curious to know where it ends. You know what I mean? Cause like, it's like, does it end with the first game? You know, are they just getting started? There's a lot they yeah. could do. So I'm not sure. I was thinking a lot of the, the game and what we'll see in the show, because really they cut the downtown part a lot of what you do in the game, which is fine. You know, we, we don't need it to be exactly like the game. Because, you know, you're going through buildings and rooting through things and all that. And there was a really hard part of the game where Joel is like, you guys wait here. And he goes down to the bottom to cut across. Do you remember that's like the first time you run into several clickers at once and you're by yourself and you die like 10 times before you finally get it down correctly? Uh, Does it have a generator involved? Because I hate the generator. Oh no, that's stuff. in the hospital type of place. That part was really hard too. But yeah. also, they meet up with the guy and his little brother. Remember that Henry? Yes. Yep. yep. Oh yep. man, if they when they introduce those characters, it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be tough. Just knowing what happens to him. But remember, they go through the sewer and they find this old habitat where like these people were living and teaching their children and stuff. And they're like, Oh, this seemed like a great place. I wonder what happened. I hope they do that. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of stuff, which uh, again, the production designers and they do like some shots where they're sneaking around the museum where there's like, Oh, there's one that was like, yeah. you know, infected, but it was like part of the staircase. And you could tell they spent a lot of time making that like a real thing. So they had like a little quick shot of it. And I was like, imagine you're the person who made that or the team who made that cool thing. And they're like, well, the camera picked it up for about three seconds. I'm like, good. good. Like, <laughs> I just was, I love that they did it. The reveal of the clicker from Ellie's point of view, she had never seen anything like that. And she's like, what is that sound? And yeah. when it comes in, it's just, you see her, she's kind of like, I don't like this at all. You know, like this is creepier than anything I could have imagined. Well, she has seen one because one bitter, right? And she also does an impersonation of one. Well, she was bit by the infected. Oh, she hadn't seen like a full on clicker. clicker. Yeah. The The way the lore goes, you know, it's like the infected and they have mushrooms growing out of their heads and stuff, but the clickers, they're very old. Remember yeah. what Joel says? She says, how long do they live? And he's like, I don't know, maybe two, three months. 
Some have been walking around for 20 years. I think the clickers are like the super old ones mm-hmm. who've just been, they've had it grow and take over their brain. And the ones that just have little tendrils out here and there, they're, they're not as old. Sure. Yeah. yeah but I've put that it's all together in my head. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, you might be right. Uh, so I don't know. It's one of those things that like eventually would probably solve itself over time. Like, you know, if you just kept locked up long enough and you'd be like, all right, they'll all turn into that wall thing eventually. Like, you know, but yeah. Cause uh, in the game, it was Joe. In the game, it kind of made it seem like the ones that are like stuck to the wall. Eventually what happens is you're a clicker, but eventually you just explode and you expel spores everywhere. Is yeah. what I was thinking. Yeah, which again for the the production design, maybe the spores would be also worse because it's like we spent so much time making this place look so cool and messed up, and it's just covered in spores. And they're like they had to put like yeah. a filter on it, and it's like, oh man, like come what, on. What I can tell is special about the whole property of The Last of Us in this show is that you're still thinking about it when it's over. Yeah, yeah, they do a really good job with it, I think, and I'm just curious because again, like I would be fine if this was a one season you know, limited series thing, and they did it just once, you know, and then a few years later, maybe Ellie comes back and they do part two. But right, I don't know if that's going to be the case. We'll see. Yeah, they do need that actress to age a little bit, don't they? Before they do the second one. If they yeah, do. that's the thing is then there's there's a lot to that second one. And there's there's so much more like double. It's just oh, man. One thing that I Abby think would and, be very cool and would upset a lot of people if they change the ending from the game on the show and Neil Druckmann said, this is two different universes, people. This Ugh. is going in a different direction. Would yeah. That drive I, you crazy. <laughs> yeah. But then again, like, you know, it doesn't like, does my opinion really even matter? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like they'll do whatever they want to do with it. It's like, Neil uh, didn't I, take my advice. Yeah. No. That's why, again, like, I played the first game. I have not played the second game. I'm sure it's it's a very high-quality game. I just, I felt like that had such a great ending to it, and I was like, I kind of like the ambiguity of it, even though there's also, like, a big choice that's made. I don't think if they wanted to continue the show that they would change the ending, because that would be, like, I don't know. That'd be bold. <laughs> yeah. Very bold. I don't think that will happen, but I just imagine that. Like, what if? Oh my that gosh! Happen? People would lose it, man. They would lose it. Uh, and uh, the thing is, and I get it why they would, because like, like I said last time, it's like we are Joel, right? Like the people who played through the first Last of Us, and they're like they get you in such a mindset of the things you do, and it's like you and Joel are symbiotic, and you like you like every move you make, you're like, yeah, that's what Joel would do. That's what I would do. We are one. So when it comes time to the end of that and he makes a choice and it doesn't really let you make a choice, I didn't even wait a second. Like, really? I was like, no, like, this is how it's going down. So I am super curious, man. Like, and again, though, I want to care about them in the show. And we haven't had really any time with just we have a, a little bit of time with Ellie and Joel together, um, but not enough to be like, all right, let's see what their relationship's like. Right. And we will get more, and we'll be tuning in this Sunday yeah. <laughs> or Monday. I watch it the day after. I'm just like oh, I, really? I'm like waiting for it. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. Okay, I asked my sister. We've been talking about it, and I said, "Have you watched it yet?" And she goes, "No, I'm gonna wait till Wednesday." And I'm like, "What? Why?" She's like, "I'm gonna let it build up." And for people who let it build up 
kudos to you. Like, if you want to yeah, watch two or three, wow. maybe the whole thing at once. Yeah, like, I'm going to wait till they're all out, and then I'm going to binge watch them over a weekend. It's like, okay. I don't know how I to will do say, that. I like doing that with certain shows, like um, Star Wars The Bad Batch has been coming out recently. Mm-hmm. And, like, the problem is, if you find an episode that you don't like, and it's the last episode you can watch, you're like, oh, I wish I had another one to go watch right away, so I can, like, you know, get to it. But, yeah, I, I see the merit of both. Yeah, I've only watched the first Bad Batch, and I kind of forgot about it, and I was like, oh, I think I have, like, three episodes to watch or something. Dude, the first, the like, the last, I don't know, there's a, a racing episode, which I found kind of boring last week. It's fine, it's not bad, but the one before that, and the, the first three episodes of the season, man, are, oh, I've got a Bad Batch shirt. My mom bought me a Bad Batch shirt for Christmas. Cool. And I was like, how did you know I liked the Bad Batch? And she's like, I saw it, and I just knew it was something you'd like. And I was like, oh my god. Um, so yeah, episode three, season two of The Bad Batch is so good, dude. Nice. You would be, you'll be like, is this like, you're like, is this a kid show? Like, they're they're shooting droids and stuff, but you're like, seems not like a kid show. Like, <laughs> like yeah. I don't know, man. It, it's underrated. Go watch The Bad Batch. I need to catch up on that. So good. So good. <laughs> All right, Jimmy, for the final part of the show, I thought I'd talk about what's coming to Game Pass. Oh, yeah. Because today they announced some stuff coming to Game Pass. Oh, yeah, they did. And I got to say, a lot of people are excited about this. I never played this game. And I'm wondering if you did. And that would be GoldenEye, the N64 game. Dude, uh... I did a little bit back in the day, but it was at that, like, that moment where it was probably, like, a little too mature when it first came out for me. Like, we (laughs) could play it. I just also didn't, even back then, I didn't love the controls, but... Right. It had uh, that wacky N64 controller, right? Yeah, and the joystick and, like, I don't know, all this stuff. But some people loved it. I I definitely played it. Um, But, like, the thing is, if you knew people who loved GoldenEye. There's a certain type of person who loved it, and they were the people who played it so much when they asked you to play it. They weren't asking you to play it. They were asking you to be okay with getting killed again and again and again <laughs> because they knew what they were doing and you did not. And they'd be like, but don't pick Odd Job. And you're like, okay, okay. like. <laughs> so, I don't know. Uh, this game keeps getting released, man. Re-released again and again. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, it says faithfully recreated and enhanced for the Xbox. The reason it's on Xbox when it was originally on Nintendo is because, you know, Xbox owns Rare now. And Rare made a lot of great Nintendo games back in the day, including Rare, GoldenEye. Yes. GoldenEye, Banjo-Kazooie, Banjo-Tooie, Diddy Kong Racing, Donkey Kong 64. Rare was a monster. Uh, and it was amazing. They were like, they weren't Japan. That's the thing. Like, it was like, yeah, Super Mario 64 is still like such a beloved game, but like, you meet a banjo, another type of person you'll meet. If you meet a banjo kazooie fan, that's another type of person. Like, (laughs) they're like, I love banjo kazooie. Uh, yeah, rare man. Um, which now they're doing Sea of Thieves. That's kind of their big main Mm -hmm. thing, right? Yeah. And Sea of Thieves looks great. I've just never played it. Yeah, I, I played it at launch and then I went back a few years later and I was like, eh, it's just not for me. I, 
it's fine. I am glad people like it, but just I it's literally a game you need to play with a group of friends, right? You uh, yeah, you could play by yourself. You totally can. You have like they have one player ships now and stuff, but I don't know. Um, I just want a different type of pirate game, and I'm hoping that's Skull and Bones, but they just keep delaying it. So who knows? So uh, Goldeneye comes out this Friday, January twenty seventh. And then January 31st, Age of Empires 2 Definitive Edition, which mm. I'm sure a lot of people are excited about. I, I've never played a game like that. Strategy okay. games? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you into mm-hmm. strategy mm-hmm. games at all? I am. Um, I've only recently started trying them on the actual console because I usually like them on PC. But uh, yeah, I think a lot of people will be excited about this. We have JoJo's Bizarre Adventure All-Star Battle R coming January okay. 31st. Have you ever watched JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? I watched the first episode and I was a hard out. <laughs> you know what's funny is Ollie loves JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and was telling me about those characters. I was like, wait, what What are you talking about again? You know, Jonathan Joestar and Jotaro Kujo. And, you know, of course I can't you know I these people, right? That. <laughs> yeah. uh... but it, it sounds very imaginative and stuff. It is. It's very over the top and very wackadoo. Like I, I love anime. It's just not my cup of tea. Now there's another game coming out. It's a game preview, which does that mean when it comes to game pass, it's like this game isn't finished, but we want to see what people think of it. Is that what it is? That's the vibe I always get. It's called ink. Ulinati. I have no idea if I'm saying uh, it. Can you repeat that, please? Inc- Inculinati. An ink based strategy game straight from medieval manuscripts where a rabbit's bum can be deadlier than a dog's sword. Take your turn in Inculinati's duels filled with unexpected tactical death and depth and humor. Embark on an ever changing journey, build your own bestiary. Defeat medieval superstars and collect perks to unleash special powers. Wow. Uh, right. Watch out, Splatoon. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> they're coming for you. Here's what I think looks kind of cool. February 7th, technically, you know, it's not in January, but it's in the same list. Hot Wheels Unleashed Game of the Year Edition. Get oh, ready to drift, really? boost, jump, and crash on the iconic orange tracks with the most beloved Hot Wheels cars. Hot Wheels Unleashed is coming to Game Pass on February 7th. Is this different than the Forza Horizon 5 thing? Yes, this is actual, like, it looks like the track is in, like, your bedroom and you're driving the little cars. I thought I heard good things about this. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. Yeah, I like that. I I redownloaded Forza Horizon 5 to try out the Hot Wheels stuff, and they're like, you're actually going to have to buy that expansion. I'm like, come on! Um, We're going to need some yeah. cash up front. <laughs> yeah, you want to see those orange plastic roads? You're going to have to fork it up, buddy. Now, so. Jimmy, I think I've seen you play this game before. It's a game preview coming January 30th, RoboQuest. RoboQuest? Uh, you've seen me play RoboQuest? I swear you've played this game on, like, you streamed it. And maybe it was a okay. demo or something. Maybe. Let I me, don't remember RoboQuest. 
Available now with PC Game Pass and coming soon to Xbox consoles, blast your way through hordes of evil bots in procedurally generated environments in solo or two-player co-op. Upgrade your build as you progress and defeat powerful bosses. Be ready to dive into the futuristic world of RoboQuest and help Mm. mankind find the mysterious, long-forgotten Haven City. Wait, I should say it like this. RoboQuest! I was waiting for it. I was like, (laughs) I hope he hits the echo button. Maybe that isn't the same game. But also, Hi-Fi Rush, of course, came out today. And you can play that now if you want to. Just let me say, feel the beat as wannabe rock star Chai and his ragtag team fight against an evil megacorp with raucous, rock, raucous rhythm combat. How do you say that word, Jimmy? Raucous. There you go. Raucous rhythm combat from Tango Gameworks comes Hi-Fi Rush, an all-new action game where the world sinks to the music. Raucous. Don't forget to burn your enemies' corpses after you've killed them. Oh, this is a different <laughs> game? I'm sorry. Sorry. This is a different game. So, Jimmy, that's what's coming to Game Pass. Are you excited? Yeah, I'm interested in a few of those things. And again, you know, besides just Monster Hunter Rise and Hi-Fi, like I said, I'm going to try it out. Rise. That feels like enough for me. Yeah, raise. Uh, like it just—it's cool to see it, and I'm curious to see what they do because it seems like Xbox um, has their foot on the gas and they're ready to roll, and it's just—it's cool to see. I'm like, go for it, guys! I want to see it. Also, this Friday, Dead Space remake comes out. Uh, not on Game Pass, but you can buy it for seventy dollars, sixty two ninety nine if you have Game Pass. But uh, that looks really good, and maybe eventually it'll be on Game Pass because it's part of EA. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know if you'd ever be. Or do you like scary games, Jimmy? Not typically, but I have an interesting history with Dead Space. I played the first one in college, and I remember sitting and playing it. Um, with a friend of mine who lived on the same floor of the dorm. And in the beginning of the game, like Isaac is trapped on this ship and he's watching these two people talk to him on a monitor and they say something that's like, Oh, Isaac, we're sorry. We can't repair this or you can't get off here. And I was playing with the buttons. And at the time I hit it just perfectly to do the curb stomp animation where you like, he takes his foot up and he just stomps it on the ground. And my buddy who was watching laughed so hard because it looked like Isaac was like acting out of rage because they were like, sorry, Isaac, you're going to be trapped in that ship. And he's like, oh, darn it. Like, <laughs> you know, so darn, funny. Darn, darn, uh, darn. Yeah. Uh, so he's like a little kid. But yeah, I actually, I really do like Dead Space. I think to me it was more compelling and interesting and less, it's freaky, but it's less, um, I don't know, intimidating because it's sci-fi than like the Resident Evil stuff, which feels a little more close to home sometimes. So I got to say I'm intrigued, but I don't know if I have the nerve to play it. Too scared. That's okay. That's fine. You don't have to play it if you don't want to. (laughs) Yeah. Just remember, if you ever play it, don't shoot a necromorph in the head. Shoot it in the limbs because that's where they're weakest for some reason. Right. If you had a lightsaber in Dead Space, wouldn't that be helpful? Oh, it'd be perfect. You know what they do have, though? They have a little waypoint thing, so anytime you can just, like, hit a little button, and Isaac turns his palm, his right hand, down to the ground, and it shows you where you need to walk to for your next thing, because that game is so dark, 
it's so confusing sometimes. You're like, where do I go? And I, it's like, oh, go this way. And you're like, oh, thank you. Oh, that's cool. You <laughs> that's know, my, nice. my younger sister, Vanessa, she loves horror games. She told me that she plays games with all the lights off, preferably at night. That's the way she played like Evil Within 2. That's the way she plays the Resident Evil games. Uh, most recently, what is it she played? She played a horror game most recently. What is it? I can't remember. But she said she was about to start playing a, uh, Fatal Frame game. And she goes, I gotta wait till tonight. I'm gonna play it in the dark. And I was like, why are you doing this? <laughs> uh, I keep an eye on her, man. Uh, I wouldn't, I would not, uh, I'm not I scared. play in the this bright of day with the blinds open with sun yeah. rays beaming. I have into Christmas the house. music blasting behind me. You know, it's just like I'm going around it's like jingle bells, jingle bells. So like, I'm oh, gonna play this with the sound off and, yeah, uh-huh, uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I mean, I think I liked scary games more when I was younger, but now I'm just like, I don't have time for this. I don't want to be scared. Yeah, right? No, I don't I don't have time for that. That's why I'm playing scared. Hi-Fi Rush. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Hey, if Mikami says it's okay, then, you know, that's fine with us. Yeah, that is crazy that they I thought I think it was funny they had a sense of humor about it. Like, if people are yeah. afraid of this game, I'm doing something wrong. Yeah. Uh, which again, it was funny because like you could see that like it probably wouldn't have been his first idea to make this type of game, but he's like, you know, we're gonna do this, and um, and he leaned into it. I'm like, good for you, man. Like, <laughs> good for you. All right, Jimmy. Well, I guess that's the show. Thank you so much for joining me today and talking about the developer direct. It's been great having you on the show. Oh, no. Thank you so much for having me back again. I really appreciate it. On Video Game Landfill. It's fun just talking about video games, man. Having a great time. Yeah, yeah totally. Fill the landfill to the top. And I can't wait to uh, ride my Palamute next to you and us kill some monsters. Yeah, dude. I hope I can like make some hunts really easy for you. Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. How do I hop off this thing, Jimmy? What do I do? You're like, kill it for me. Please. <laughs> okay. Give me the loot. Yeah. Okay. Here's your loot, dude. Ugh. That's awesome, though. Now, Jimmy, tell everybody your latest video and what they should check out. Yeah. So uh, the latest one I just put up was uh, of my time. Well, when you guys are hearing this, will be uh, one of two videos from my time back home in Minnesota. I went to the mall of america there which has an indoor amusement slash theme park and then i also went up north to the north shore of minnesota which is pretty cool too uh but if you guys are interested in more video game stuff i did go to super nintendo world not too long ago over here at universal studios hollywood so you can see what mario kart looks like in real life and that's over on my channel on youtube which is my name jimmy good thank you so much for checking it out i really appreciate it that is awesome. Live vicariously through Jimmy's adventures is what I say. Yes. Especially yes. when you eat some of that awesome food. Yes. Oh my gosh. That mushroom bacon cheeseburger they have over there. The Mario one is real good. I was like, ooh, I like this. Nice. Wait, mushroom? Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> uh oh, no, no, it's flour. I don't, it, it wasn't, there was no flour, especially in the bread. There's no flour in the bread. Oh my gosh, which I was thinking I want them to do. I was saying a joke earlier. They need to do a Nintendo Last of Us crossover where all the toads get infected. 
with cordyceps because they already have it. And I didn't even realize that, that joke until I made it. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's perfect. They already have mushroom heads. I want to see this crossover. <laughs> see it. Let's see it. Horror Nights 2023. Thank you so much for listening to the show this week. <laughs> I'm having fun doing it. Hopefully we'll be back soon talking about something else. I'm sure there'll be something else in video games to talk about, right, Jimmy? Oh, I think so. Especially if the nice folks find it in their hearts to share it around with everybody else. Because we're going to make Jason the best video game podcaster on the planet. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> He's like reluctantly, sure. So, okay, if I have to. Yeah. <laughs> but guys, thank you so much for listening. And what are you waiting for? Get out there, play some more video games, and we'll see you next time. Bye, Jimmy. Bye. Bye. Right. Casting.